and welcome back to Rewriting History Making Legends, a Hamilton and Marvel podcast. So today I will be talking about Hawkeye episode 4. Sorry this episode is a little late, um, but doing it now. So, Oh, by the way, I just saw Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm not going to spoil anything in this episode. I will have uh, Spider-Man No Way Home will have its own episode on this podcast, but oh my gosh, it was so good. Please do not miss it or miss out on the opportunity to go see it. I know some families are pretty strict about COVID, and um, I was afraid we weren't going to go see it, but my parents finally, like, relented, I think, because I was bothering them about it for, like, months, and then also, um, they're starting to lower those barriers a little bit, but, um, whether you see it in theaters or you wait till it comes out on Amazon Prime or something, please, please do not miss out on whatever opportunity you have to see Spider-Man No Way Home, because, it was it was so much fun. It was so epic. Um, I think it was the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. And I've seen, like, all the MCU ones. And I've seen two of the Tobey Maguire. And then I'm sure it's better than, like, the Andrew Garfield, if I had to guess. Because the movie was just totally epic and awesome. But, um, yeah, don't, don't miss out on whatever opportunity might come your way to watch watch that movie because it was incredible. Anyway, moving on to Hawkeye episode four. Okay, so episode four was, um, oh, partners, am I right? Um, so it starts off with Jack, um, putting the Ronin sword on Clint's throat, and then he realizes it's Clint, and he gets super excited, which, the, cause if you listened to my previous episode on Hawkeye episode three, then you know I was wondering if there was some history between Clint and Jack and like uh or if Clint recognized Jack from his time as Ronan or um if there was going to be some fight and then I was also wondering what the heck Jack was doing snooping around his fiance's house um none of those questions I had really meant anything because um Jack and Clint didn't have a past relationship or they're really good at acting Jack wasn't snooping around his fiance's house, um, at all, like, Eleanor was there, and, um, there was no fighting, because Jack recognized Clint as an Avenger, which is really funny, by the way, but, um, the way I saw it, um, it was kind of annoying, because it was like, I was totally just reeling from the, uh, from episode three's cliffhanger, and then, I wouldn't say it's anticlimactic because it was it was very fun. Well, yeah, it kind of was. Not that I was, like, disappointed by how episode four started because I started laughing so hard. It was it was almost like it, they, like, paused the movie, kind of, um, right at a specific spot. And, um, yeah, so anyway, um, Eleanor pops around the corner, and she's weirdly chill about the whole thing. Um, she's like, oh, there's an, why is there an Avenger standing right there? And, um, Kate's trying to come up with all these excuses. Eleanor is not buying it. Um, they sit down. Eleanor asks, um, like, what's going on with, um, her account being accessed a couple minutes ago. And Kate finally has to explain the whole mission. And Eleanor tells Clint to leave very politely. And, um, she starts, like, um, saying how she doesn't want Kate going on the missions that she's just a kid, and then she starts, like, she tries, she tries manipulating Clint by saying, um, do you have children, which is weird, because why the heck 
does Eleanor know that Clint has children? Or if, if this is just a guess, like, why? And then, um, Clint starts saying how Kate's pretty good. And Eleanor says Natasha Romanoff was pretty darn good. But she's still gone. Sometimes being good isn't enough. And you can just see the look on his face. It's like he's just crushed. And it was like, why, Eleanor? Why are you torturing Clint this way? And then the key word is when Eleanor says, so you'll give up the case. It's not like you won't bring, so you'll not bring Clint, or sorry, Kate along with you. Um, you'll tell Kate to back off it, so you'll stop the case. Like, she's trying to, she's trying to get something here. And Clint says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. He gets in the elevator and he asks um, his wife, um, Laura Bishop, to run Sloan Limited to see what's up with that and um uh well while he's doing that um Eleanor makes a call to somebody and uh starts talking about how um uh, what was she? she she was like reporting something about Clint I can't remember if she said like I couldn't stop him or like he knows it was something like that anyway um, back in the living room with Pizza Dog, Eleanor's telling Jack how Kate's been obsessed with Clint Barton since, um, since the Battle of New York, um, and Eleanor starts asking Kate about the, the holiday party, and Kate's like, oh, come on, really? Like, this is not what I should be doing right now, and Jack starts getting into the spirit, I guess, and he gets Eleanor to dance, which really surprises Kate. And she sees how happy Jack is making her mom at that moment. And she's, like, actually smiling, laughing a little bit. Like, this... A lot of people could be lying in this room right now. And we know one is, at least, Kate. She's not telling the whole truth. Um, and even though there's a little bit of um, tenseness and untrustworthiness in the room at that moment... The, the moment with Jack and Eleanor and Kate in that room, just, you know, smiling and laughing and it it was it was a pause in that tense aura, basically. And um whatever a lot of things in that moment could could not have been real, could have been fake. But at least, like, that moment, or at least the happiness of that moment was real. And I think that's what that what made that scene so awesome. And, uh, Jack sits back down. And he, they're, they're talking a little bit again. And Jack says, well, you know what they say. Life is short. You never know what you're gonna get. Um, a misquote from Forrest Gump, which is life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. I don't know where he came up with where life is short. Maybe from another quote, but it was hilarious. And Eleanor just bursts out laughing and he's super confused. And Kate says, anytime you try one of those American quotes, you kind of get it wrong. And he goes, what? No. Anyway, um, Whoever, I forget the name of the guy who plays Jack Duquesne. Um, Tony Dalton, that's his name. He he makes Jack just fly out of the screen. Like, 
Jack is hilarious. Anyway, Eleanor says just the other day, um, Jack said, ab er, sorry, yeah, Jack said, um, absence makes the heart grow older. <laughs> the say, oh, I'm sorry for the dog. The saying is supposed to be absence makes the heart grow fonder. Again, burst out laughing. I thought that was, that was hilarious. Um, and Eleanor and Jack are talking about how wonderful it is to, to be with your family during Christmas time. And Jack suggests a board game. Um, and while they're talking about board games and being with family, their voices kind of drown out. And you see Kate's face just kind of like pondering something. And she's thinking about Clint, basically, and how it's um, not the greatest thing ever that he's not with his family during the holidays so she decides to go over um clint's putting um these like vegetable packages on his arms and legs um because you know he's he's not super powered he doesn't have you know nanotech armor or you know anything like that he just has a bow and arrow and he's just a human he's gonna get hurt but anyway kate brings the doorbell to the apartment and Clint lets her in. She comes in with Pizza Dog. Pizza Dog immediately goes to the Cheez-Its and, like, starts, ate, like, half the bowl. Um, and Kate uh, got some ugly sweaters, and they're gonna have a Christmas movie marathon. And, uh, the movie at the top of the pile was The Santa Claus. Great choice. Um, but, yeah, so they start watching some movies. Um, Kate's trying to... Oh, before they start... Um, Clint says he, he got, um, a lead, and the guy who runs Unlimited is Jack Duquesne, and you can just kind of see Kate's face just fall for a second, like, she's very disappointed by, by that news, and, uh, because for, for that moment back there, I think she just kind of wanted to accept Jack, um, she understood that he made her mom happy, so she just, she wanted it to be real, and suddenly it's just not anymore and he could like potentially be um like helping out um the tracksuit mafia transferring money to like the leader um uncle um and uh she's very clearly disappointed um a scene before this i believe clint was talking to laura barton and they were talking about Sloan Limited and the Tracksuit Mafia and, uh, uh, things like that. Um, and Laura was trying to, to not let the kids over here too much, so she started speaking in German, and it was like, okay, so she just ran Sloan Limited, she's speaking German, she, she's, like, helping out Clint here, um, she's talking like she knows kind of what to do, like she's plotting, uh, helping Clint plot something. It's like, what is going on? And the theory out there right now is that Laura Barton could be Mockingbird, or a Mockingbird. Um, and in the comic books, um, Mockingbird was Bobby Morse, who was married to Clint Barton for a time. Um, there was a Mockingbird, or, uh, Bobby Morse, in, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, on Netflix, but the Laura Barton could be like a mockingbird or a shield agent of some kind. 
um, referred to as Mockingbird as Mockingbird as a code name, like Bobby, or um, another thing is that Agents of Shield um, has the potential to not be in the same universe as the universe we've been following in the MCU. And that theory is kind of backed up by um, Loki and just kind of what happened in the MCU and what happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It doesn't. The pieces always don't fit together. Um, They did towards the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then towards the end, um, it kind of, it slowly began to become its own thing and you can't fit the pieces together too well with the MCU. But um, anyway... Laura Barton being a Mockingbird would just, I think it would make my week, really. If Spider-Man No Way Home didn't already, which I think it totally did. But, um, anyway, um, so Clint, Clint and Kate start to make a game plan. Kate's drawing on the glass of one of the posters, it's like hanging in this glass case. And, uh, Clint's like, are you sure that's dry erase? Um, and Kate tries to rub it off, and it doesn't come off. So the answer to that is no. And that, I thought that was really funny. But um, they start to decorate the Christmas tree. Kate puts this Christmas tree in front of the glass. Um, Clint says with this little ornament he has, it's like a little circle that he could uh, give someone a concussion or kill them. Sorry. Um with that little ornament, and Kate's like, prove it, and he's like, no, and she's like, okay, for, like, the rest of the time, I'll go around telling people that Clint couldn't, and he shoots it, and he turns off the TV, and Kate asks Clint to teach her how to do that, so he helps her learn how to do it, she turns the TV back on, um, they're watching It's a Wonderful Life, and, um, they sit down, and Kate asks him, what's the best shot you ever took, and he says, the shot I didn't take, and, um, You can tell he immediately regrets saying that, but Kate keeps pushing him to tell her what that story is, and for, uh, for a bit there, it's just like a jest, like, come on, tell me, and then it turns all serious, he's like, it's not a good story, he's very serious, he's kind of angry, and Kate just, she kind of, I don't know, recoils almost, um, and... You know, I think out of regret and just a need to get this story out, he starts telling her about, um how he met Natasha, he was on a mission to kill her, when he met her, he just couldn't, and Kate says, Kate asks why, and Clint explains that it's because he understood that she wanted out, um, and they begin talking, sorry, they begin talking about the Ronin, and, um, Kate, um, basically says, like, how do you know the Ronin, and, um, He could have lied, but I don't think he could because I think he's just, he's been grappling with this thing for so long that he needs someone to know. And he just, I don't think he could lie about that after what he did because it's a thing that weighs so heavily on him. And, uh, you know, Kate puts two and two together and realizes that Clint is the Ronin. And, um, I mean, we all knew she was going to figure it out eventually. Um, it's a little disappointing that Clint, you know, wasn't able to tell her himself, but it's just a really hard thing for him to do um and you can like see the disappointment on Kate's face that like her hero was this guy who murdered all these people but Kate understands that people make mistakes and um 
I think she's beginning to understand why Clint seems so down all the time, down on himself. Um, saying, like, he's not a hero, and I think she just kind of understands that. Um, and, uh, she understands that, um, that, like, she, I think she understands the guilt now, and kind of the grief. Um, you can still see, like, vivid disappointment on her face that this guy, who's always been her hero and her role model is actually a murderer of I don't even know how many people but it's been it's been described as a lot um if you're just murdering people for five years then I'd say close to a hundred if not over which is a lot of people um now these were these were criminals um but that Clint doesn't have the right to say your life should be ended and then ended so um Clint begins to say he was just doing what he was trained to do, and Kate, she said, Kate responds with help people, and he says, no, I'm a weapon, and I was just pointed at the right people, um, and you can see what, like, this is how he views himself as a weapon, and when he was with the Avengers, he believes he was pointed in the right direction, and when the Avengers were mostly gone, and his whole family was gone, like, revenge and desperation, and anger kind of blinded him and pointed him in the wrong direction. Um, and other people, you know, were feeding him information and things like that sometimes. So he was just being pulled by the wrong person. Um, anyway. Um, Clint, Clint says, uh, like, it's probably time to go big day tomorrow so Kate leaves Clint goes to sleep um with memories of um his family disappearing that classic opening endgame shot um um and then flashes of Natasha falling to her death on Vormir um which we know Clint thinks he should have been the one to die and I think um I don't know how how much of it is like guilt and I, there's there's probably got to be some guilt there but also just like this wish that Natasha had lived because he feels like he did all this wrong and Natasha was able to forgive herself and kind of move past that part of her life and all the guilt she felt at killing all those people like she was trying to do um but Clint just hasn't been able to do that yet and I don't think Natasha ever really was able to close it off forever I think she tugged it away you know um learned how to move on with her life but Clint just isn't there yet and I think Kate is part of that step he needs is to find this person who views him as a hero and specifically is like her hero her role model um, I think she's gonna play a big part in helping him out there um so uh let me think what came after that oh um uh, let's just, let's just go to the scene on the rooftop, because I can't remember, oh, oh, no, 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 I'm missing, like, a whole chunk in the middle, um, Kate came over to the apartment again, Clint tells her he's gonna go talk to Kazi, um, Kate is gonna go see the LARPers to see if they're able to get the trick arrows back, because a lot of them are police officers, and they might be able to get, get the trick arrows back from the police station, where they're locked up, so, Clint goes down to the LARPers. A couple of them agree to help her, including Grills, who's back. Um, 
and Kate goes to talk to Kazi. He's trying to convince Kazi to talk to Maya to tell her to to let the whole Ronan thing go. Um, because he doesn't want anybody else to die and she's gonna end up getting herself killed, um, through her want of revenge. And it, this, the scene with Kazi was pretty funny because Clint, like, found, found all the weapons he had stored in his car and Kazi's just looking at all these places trying to find his weapons and Clint's just, like, every time Kazi goes for a weapon, he just, Clint holds it up and he's like, nah, I got it. Um... And then when Clint exits the car, Kazi's like, can I have my gun back? And Clint's like, okay, what what do you think? And then he, like, chucks the gun away. And, um, yeah. Um, Clint gets to, I don't even know what it was. Was it Grill's apartment? I'm not sure. But, um, Kate's with some of the LARPers. Um, she's trying on costumes. She made a deal with them saying she'd get them enough material for costumes for all of them. Plus two more so that she and Clint can have costumes, which is a fun idea. I'd love to see their costumes. Um, and uh, Clint gets his trick arrows back um, from this lady. Um, he has to take her bag because he didn't bring his own. Um, she Apparently her wife made that bag and she wants it back very badly. And um, Clint has to take it. It says bombshell on it. It was embroidered by her wife, and apparently, I didn't know this until I watched, like, an Easter egg video, um, Bombshell was a character in comic books, um, I don't know how important she was, but, um, yeah, so, I don't, I don't know, I think it, I think it's just an Easter egg, but, um, they go to the rooftop, um, to wait, um, Clint is trying to discuss this plan with Kate, but Kate, um, decides to do this plan her own way. Um, she goes down to, back down to the ground. She asks a guy if, um, she can help carry his bags of food. He says, thank you. She gets in the elevator. She tells Clint, hey, I'm doing this my way. And the guy's like, oh, who are you talking to? And she's like, oh, uh, nobody. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then she's like, hey, can I tell you a secret? I'm talking to an adventure. And she gives him, like, this big, happy face. I cracked up. And the the guy was like, okay, I can just take my bags back. And he, like, walks out the elevator. And she's like, no, sir, I can help you. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Um, she gets up to Maya's apartment. And she starts looking through it. Um, these lights go off. She shoots him with this putty stuff um she's not totally sure what those were she finds the watch that clint needed to get from maya's apartment um says somebody's identity is connected to that watch if they find out bye bye friend um speculation is like could this be um like uh laura barton's watch and like she has some sort of mockingbird identity attached to it like it's weird. I don't know exactly what that watch is. None of us really do. I don't think we're supposed to know. Um, or really supposed to guess. But Kate also finds a piece of paper with Clint's family's names written down. And more than that, um, they have the kids' ages too, which is just creepy. Um, so somebody is feeding Maya slash the tracksuits this information. So there's somebody who's getting this information or somebody who's on the inside, which brings up a lot of questions. Um, but anyway, Maya gets into the apartment because those blinking lights were, um, like an alarm for the deaf. Um, 
so Kate is the one fighting Maya, but Clint thinks he's fighting Maya. No. Um, when Kate says she's clearly fighting Maya, Clint's like, okay, then whom, who am I fighting up here? And uh, Kate swings across the zip line to the roof, um, and then Maya gets across too, and they're they're all fighting. Clint and Kate are on the same team. The mysterious hooded figure and Maya are not. So it's just it's just this like all out battle. Mysterious hooded figure shoots Maya with a widow's bite, um, which isn't super effective. But uh, mysterious hooded figure. I'm sorry. I know if you guys watch the episode, you know who this person is. But I'm just kind of going through the episode in my head, kind of. So I'm keeping up the suspense, even though you already know who it is. Um, anyway, she knocks Kate off the roof. Um, Clint is terrified for a second. But Mysterious Hooded Figure didn't try to kill Kate. She made sure she was attached to um, the like zip line thing before knocking her off. And when he looks down, Kate's kind of in the same sprawled position that Natasha was when she fell down the mountain on Vormir. And the music, it, it um, the music hit like the uh, it was it was the Vormir song. Like when Natasha died, there was that. There was that, like, special music. There was a slight hint of it in that scene. Just just to kind of, you know, push the push the fact that Clint was definitely thinking of Warmir and Natasha. And, uh, yeah. So he cuts Kate off because, you know, she's going to fall into the Christmas lights to break her fall. And she does. She gets angry. She stalks back up to the roof. Um, she, uh, she shot Maya in the shoulder and she was about to shoot, um... A mysterious hooded figure who um Clint had pulled out her hood to reveal dun 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 it was Yelena Belova um from Black Widow and um so going into Black Widow we knew that Yelena was going to be sent after Clint Barton because of the Black Widow post credit scene where Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine sent Yelena after Clint Barton as a new assignment so we kind of already knew that Elena was going to be in the show because of that, tracking down Clint Barton. The biggest question, though, is why Don't Call Me Val sent Elena after Clint and why she wants Clint dead. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah. Um, Elena looks at Kate. Kate has her arrow raised. She's thinking about shooting Elena. Elena gives, like, a small shake of her head, and Kate lowers the bow. And just like that, it's like Kate's own shot I didn't take. Um, which is interesting that it was Yelena, who's also a Red Room trainee slash Black Widow. Just like Natasha was a Red Room trainee slash Black Widow. And uh, Clint and Kate, you know, Master and Apprentice, both didn't shoot um, uh, Natasha or Yelena. Um, and... Uh, Yelena and Natasha were sisters. There's just a connection there. Anyway, Yelena and Maya both run off. Um, Clint gets a little angry. He says, this is getting very real. You shouldn't be here. You're putting yourself in danger. He's um, he's not mad exactly. He's just, I think he's scared for Kate. And that that's making him shout and raise his voice and things. Because... He might not admit it, but he's beginning to care about Kate, and he just, you know, he needs her to be safe. So he tells her to go home and not to come back. Um, and that's where the episode ends. 
I thought it was a really great episode. I thought it was great to get Yelena back. Um, Yelena's awesome, super funny. Florence Pugh does such a great job playing her. And, uh, yeah. So, the comic book for this episode is Sinister Wars. Um, I think it's a really great thing to read before seeing Spider-Man No Way Home. It has nothing to do whatsoever with Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, but... It does, you know, it has Spider-Man in it. It was a really great Spider-Man story. Like, it's really new. Like, it came out after the movie was, like, done filming. So, believe me, it has nothing to do with Spider-Man No Way Home. But it got me hyped up and stuff. It was a really great Spider-Man story. And, um... It includes uh, a bunch of variations of the Sinister Six or... Well, not all of them are calling themselves the Sinister Six, but, like... Um, that's kind of what it was, but this guy basically sent all of these people, like, all these Spider-Man villains to try and kill Spider-Man, and it was, it was, it was really good. It was, like, four issues long. It was just a small mini-series. Anyway, it's called Sinister Wars, so I'd suggest checking it out. All issues are now available on Marvel Unlimited, and I'm sure there are comic book stores, um, you know, I don't know what comic book store all you listeners go to and I'm sure you will have the comic book store that you normally go to if you normally go to comic book stores um anyway um that's all I have for this episode um again when you have the opportunity and there will be an opportunity for everybody please 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 watch Spider-Man No Way Home uh yeah Hi for the foster. Bye.